Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. Hey guys, it's Ben. So before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to do a little drop here. So originally I was going to be releasing my kind of tribute to Black History Month and I'm definitely still going to do that. I'm being going to be very, very honest. I was going to record it after I recorded my episode with Daniel and my depression is kind of rearing its ugly head and I haven't been as motivated. Um, I should have recorded this podcast earlier this week. I did not. <clears throat> Had a great episode with Daniel. Can't wait for you to listen to it. Just so uh, you, you know, when you hear this, there might be some references to that episode because when I was recording, I had every intention to record that episode. And as the night got on, I just I'm kind of crashing and not feeling super great. So I'm going to record that episode this weekend. You will get that episode next Friday um, on the 12th, I want to say, uh, whatever it is, next Friday. But I just wanted to let you guys know that's why. Uh, I love you all very much. I'm, I promise I'm okay. I'm just you know, seasonal depression and then just the way my brain works. So, uh, please, please enjoy this episode with Daniel because he's amazing. And, uh, I really am happy with how this episode turned out and uh, I'll see you guys next week. All right. Love you. Bye. And on that note, we cue the music. Welcome back to BF radio. Uh, so we have a very special guest and I, I actually, I got some good feedback from my wife. Uh, she listened to last week's podcast, which I first, I, I should really even say last week's podcast with nerdy was amazing. I got great reception. I just want to thank nerdy again. I want to thank all the new listeners who listened to the podcast for the first time. It was such a great podcast. He is such an amazing guest. I love his music. I love his soul, his nerdiness. So I definitely big shout out to him. So she listened to the podcast, which she doesn't normally listen to my podcast, which, you know, is, is what it is. Love you, honey. You're not listening to this podcast, so it's fine. Um, but she said, I, I really need to introduce my guests better, more. And I agree. So I want to introduce my, my, my guest today for another one of my, uh, the mixtapes episodes. So this man is, uh, he is a staple a stalwart on the Jabroni U podcasting network. He hosts the fantastic, fan, absolutely fantastic. There are many, 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 many wrestling podcasts out there. There are some that are good. There are some that are bad. There are some that are dog water. I honestly believe this is one of the better podcasts is in the top tier, not just because he's a friend of mine, not just because I've been on the podcast, not just because it's part of the Jabroni U podcasting network, but I think himself and, and his host Bonesaw, they put in the work. They truly have a love of the, the craft of wrestling. And I think it's just a fantastic wrestling podcast. So from the new Jabroni podcast, new Jabroni wrestling podcast, um, Daniel Slarzo. Daniel. Dan. Dan the man. How are you, sir? Ooh, yeah. Getting ready to set this podcast back a couple steps after trying to follow up uh on that on that nerdy one. Man, that was that show was so fucking good. It's I mean like the guy was like the stories. I was talking just talking about like his stories uh to my my mother-in-law and brother-in-law today. And it's just like the stuff that happened in Minneapolis was nuts. But like, yeah, hey, awesome he's, guy. He's, fucking, he's a fucking hero, dude. Like that. Oh, God. Yeah, that was a 
dynamite journalism on your part. I, I loved it. And there, were, and there was some music. There's a, a little bit of radio crammed in there. A little bit of radio. It was definitely a lighter on the music than normal, but it was, it, I think it, it warranted it. But, uh, sir, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm so good. Uh, re- wrestling, wrestling has uh, had some very just interesting developments recently. Not that that's all, all I think about, but uh, this week has just been, whew, the I think you said it earlier off mic. The forbidden door has been open, baby. So now if if people are not, uh, you know, understand the the term, the forbidden door. So we are talking about all eat wrestling and new Japan, new Japan pro wrestling. They were like, when it first started, we thought, Oh, they're going to be like, you know, peanut butter and jelly. Like a lot of the guys that started AEW, Kenny Omega, the young bucks were staple stalwarts of new Japan pro wrestling. That door got shut real quick. <laughs> that shit got shut down immediately. Yeah. It was probably because of, uh, I mean, there are lots of factors, but th- there was a, 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 the forbidden door, as they called it. Like there was a, a, you know, a Berlin wall, if you will, between the two. And things started opening up pretty quickly towards the end of last year. And then a week ago, we had John Moxley attack Kenta. So if people are unaware, John Moxley, a former Dean Ambrose, is the current IWGP, which is a New Japan title, U.S. T- champion. Kenta, who was a Tommy in the failed experiment that was his NXT run, which is still a, a travesty. Uh, attacked him on because like, New Japan has a U.S. contingent. And yesterday, as the show goes off the air, John Mox is attacked by Kenta. Like, what did you think when you when you, did, I mean, did you see it live or did you hear about it? Like, what did you think when you when you saw this? It, <laughs> so I, I have I have to admit that uh my like I I. I have not been watching AEW, so I like when I when I saw that happen because because here here's the thing, um, w- with with Mox, you know he he as as soon as he was free of the of the shackles of of his horrendous prison that he you know escaped from the tyranny he, of men uh, or yeah, McMen. Yeah. So so he he immediately the first place he showed up was in New Japan. And so he was in New Japan and AEW at the same time. And so like I like that was immediately my thought was like, oh, this is going to be so cool because, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to do whatever. And then and then like he was he's the United States champion. And I was like, oh, man, like I really hope he goes walking around with the with the U.S. title over in AEW because I thought that would be really cool because, you know, like Kenny does that with the with the triple the the mega campion uh, belt. And so I was like, I, I love, I love the whole cross promotion thing and they've been doing it. They've been doing stuff with impact lately and with, with Mox sort of like, okay, well he, you know, he just popped up on new Japan strong recently, but you know, before, before this thing happened, you know, just to be like, so, you know, I'm the champion and I have the belt. He showed up like with, with the belt. So, it's seeing Kenta go over into there was like the first moment that this was like truly like, okay, the door is really open in both directions. Now, even if uh, Kenta maybe did not show up with the, 
with the uh, the hardware, i.e. the uh, the briefcase, which uh, it also merits talking about Kenta for a second. Um, if your only experience with Kenta was Hideo Tommy in NXT, uh he, he was excellent from what well, no I can't I can't say that he was excellent from Jump Street at New Japan. He he came to New Japan in the 2019 G1 climax and it was sort of Bone Bonesaw and I watched that whole G1 climax. That's when we started when we started doing New Jabroni Pro Wrestling. And we were like, I don't know about Kenta. It seems like he's gonna be a bad guy. And also we kind of didn't really understand how things totally worked at New Japan at the time. And then at at the end of it, it was the big heel reveal. And then Kenta has just been dynamite ever since. Like, agreed. As soon agreed. as soon as he joined Bullet Club, it was absolutely phenomenal. And now, like, you have this door that's open now. And not to mention, next week, you've got Kenta and Omega, former Bullet Club, teaming against Moxley and Lance Archer. And Lance Archer's in Suzuki Goon, and Bullet Club also has Suzuki Goon beef right now with the grills of Destiny stealing Taichi's iron fingers. <laughs> I love I love New Japan I mean, and like, pro wrestling in general. <laughs> once once the pandemic and travel restrictions are over, like there is a scenario where we could see Minoru Suzuki on TNT TV, like. I don't even, I can't fathom. Like I, 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 uh, so, uh, Wes Allen, who is a, obviously a huge member of this network. Why, why do we ever meet? Loves Minoru Suzuki. I oh, yeah. dubs M- Minoru Suzuki, the Lord of nightmare and screams. <laughs> and I guess I've been referring to him as, as that ever since he said that. He is a terrifying that. human being. And to, uh, to have him on the same network, like, cause like we were, owed we are owed a match between Minoru Suzuki and Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And if you're not a wrestling fan, like it is like literally think of the most terrifying human being you could possibly imagine. And then think about the ultimate slacker who sometimes can't even muscle the, like the, the will to pull his hands out of his pockets. And (laughs) it's just like the, the possibility. And like what I love is the idea of, so right now you have, this conglomerate of AEW works with um, NWA, works with with Impact, and now New Japan Pro Wrestling. You could see something like Nick Aldis going to New Japan. Oh God, I'd love Nick Aldis to do anything. You could see Will Ospreay wrestle for the X Division title in Impact, possibly. Like we don't know. But like, if they're all gonna sh- do a, a talent sharing thing, like you can see the Motor City Machine Guns go like once Alex Shelley is healthy, go back to New Japan. Like you could see like this sharing of talent if that's what they're doing, which I pray to God. Like how amazing that this could be absolutely. And if you add any other uh, companies, like if you get a Ring of Honor in there, oh yeah, like they're like you get a Jonathan Gresham, you know, working. Uh, a Chris oh, Bay, the the octopus baby. Like yeah. it's just there's so many op- like it's and WWE is sitting there like, well we've got Goldberg, <laughs> <laughs> Like I mean I will say that yeah. last night on the on the because outside of the Kenta thing the AW was not good last night. Over on NXT you had 
in the same ring at the same time, Edge, who I, you know, I very much enjoy. And then you had Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. On the 13th, sorry, on Valentine's Day, you're going to have Pete Dunne versus Finn Balor for the NXT title. Like, that is a spicy meatball that that Daddy likes. I I like that. And then you had, like, Edge is doing the whole thing where he's, like, teasing, like, I'm going to go after your title. I'm going to go after you. Like, the idea, it's not going to happen, but a Finn Balor Edge match at WrestleMania? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) I mean, it it would be, again, never going to happen. But how fucking badass would that be? Like that would be. I, I mean, yeah, it would be. Yeah, it, it's it's. I like the I, I like the idea of seeing something I've never seen before. Yeah. So sure. But uh, so yeah, so wrestling right now outside of WWE, which like watching the Royal Rumble. So we, we watched the Royal Rumble on Sunday, and like I, we didn't do like any kind of like stream. We just everyone was on a text thread, and like I know you were watching it. I was I was watching it. Wes was watching it. Lots of questions, like who is Reginald, uh, <laughs> Carmela Sawonier, which no one ex- no one could explain to me, and, and the internet had no answers for me, like. Like, obviously, he's a wrestler because he can do some moves. But like, why does she have a sommelier? In what, like, I, I mean, she's if, if you're balling and you got to have fine, fine baller ass wines with every meal. I mean, you you got to have your attendant with you at all times. I guess. I, I guess. Um, but I mean, the Royal Rumble, it's it, it's always fun. It's weird not having the crowd in there, but it, it was still a fun thing. But WWE is like doing its thing, and then everyone else is like, "Well, we're gonna get together and have some fucking fun." Yeah, it, 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 like, and you know the the thunder. I have I don't have a lot of experience with the Thunderdome, but I I think it I think it gets the job done. I mean, it, it's I really think the ambient crowd noise is is, is enough. Although I will say, uh, like like I said, because um, we we talk, we actually talked about it on the on the show. Our rare 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 time that we ever talk about WWE, but. You know, Braun came out and, you know, you hear this is awesome chance. And I was like, I don't need to know anything about this product at any given moment to know that these people are not like no one would be chanting. This is awesome for Braun Strowman coming out. Then, you know, I I just sat down and devote a little bit of thought of it. You can't coordinate chance in the Thunderdome. It doesn't make any sense. Like everyone is like individually at their house. You can't. You can't start a chant like they can't hear what the other people are doing. Yeah. So like, like depending you can on only the lag make the of their internet. Make. Yeah. Depending on the lag of their internet speed, like you can't even coordinate that. Like even if everyone was on the same page, you right. like this is this is this is this is awesome awesome. Like it's <laughs> the only thing the, the thing the two things from the Royal Rumble that actually legitimately made me pop were Victoria coming back in the Women's Rumble and Christian. And Christian coming out was, I mean, fucking, I, I love me some Captain Charisma. And the idea that at the next, like, throwaway pay-per-view before WrestleMania, we could get Edge and Christian again for one match, like, that's legitimately makes me, like, makes my heart smile. Like, I wish Matt Hardy was still in WWE just to have Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys. Like, <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. In 2021, like, I'm, I'm against a lot of, like, the nostalgia, like, bullshit but like that would make me smile because i got back into wrestling in 99 at the Mm -hmm. fully loaded pay-per-view 
at my best friend's birthday. The match that got me was Triple H versus The Rock in a in a ladder match for the IC title. But that's when the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian were getting real hot, and then to the Dudleys in there. Like, I have I'll I'll, I'll pop for that shit. It, it's it's yeah. But so wrestling right now is is in a good place. But we are not here for wrestling. This is not a wrestling podcast. I'm not even going to attempt to 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 broach the, the wrestling as well as good as the new Jabroni Pro Wrestling Podcast, which is on the Jabroni U Network. So if you go to www.jabroniu.com, you can find out about that podcast. Why do we ever meet the Draft Podcast, Flow and Tell, Locals Barbershop, and even this podcast? And you can go to our merch store and buy awesome merch. You could buy like. Like Dan has, Daniel has a, a t-shirt that I don't even have with a picture of my face on it, which is <laughs> like, objectively really like funny. Too. It's objectively funny that you own a shirt of my face. I, I love that. Um, definitely. So let, but what we are going to do is we're going to hard transition because that's the only way we know how to do it on this podcast into our actual topic. So you and I, you more than myself, are fans of vinyl, of records. Yes. How music used to come way back when and comes now because hipsters found it and they, they love that shit. I got into records because my parents were both big record people. Like my dad had a million records. My mom has a bunch of records. I actually just went through. My mom gave me some records uh, when she came down in October to see my house for the first time. I searched it because the only record I cared about at the moment was the Christmas records. It was like a Sears and Roebuck gift that she got like in 81. But so like I found that. I just went through these records. There is a sealed Peter Frampton record. Oh, baby. Yeah, like it's like it's not Peter Frampton alive, but it is still sealed. But it's also there's some Carlin in there. There's the original pressing of Thriller, oh, which I'm nice. sure is the last album she bought because that came out right when my sister, like, like that was like basically she stopped listening to music at that point. <laughs> but so. I, I guess, like, how did you get into collecting vinyl, and what, where, where did your love of vinyl come into play? Uh, so, I, I probably started collecting records, uh, uh, getting close on about fifteen years ago. Now, at this point, um, my uh, my my brother is a big just collector of like anything really just uh he he likes he likes to collect stuff and uh he was he was on that that bit of uh that bit of collecting uh his, his uh collection and actually was considerable even at the time when i literally had nothing um but i i i got into it um for for a couple of reasons uh I it's it's it is a way to own physical media of of an artist that you support, which is which is a thing that I like, especially especially now, like with the way that music has transitioned into this age. Um, yeah, obviously, like I'm still buying records and stuff. Um, so if I you know, if I hear a band that that I like and I hear their song, you know, it's how you know how much of my money are they are they getting off of that you know ten bucks a month or whatever you're you're spending on Spotify or what what have you, um, and 
it, it's the, the 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 music streaming thing is so convenient for for how how versatile listening to music is in that way. But you know when the Sonderbombs release a new album and you're like, woo, Sonderbombs. Oh, God, I I fucking love I fucking love the Sonderbombs. They're so um, good. That, their new album is so good. Yes, I can't wait till it gets here. <laughs> like oh it's, my god, it's like, in the mail like right now. Their their album. So it, it came out last week. Last week was a really good uh, week for music, like a really good music. But like, yeah, if you we played the Sonderbombs, that one of the new songs, K for the new album on the yeah, punk pop so uh, <laughs> episode. The whole album is great whole album like i listened to it on loop i like last friday like three or four times it's real good yeah that's yeah that's about i probably do it about four times a day (laughs) um but so it's there there's that aspect of you know being able to support people that that you love and also what, what i really what i really like about vinyl is um because music is, you know, sort of integrally tied into my life. It like its significance is such that it warrants dev- devoting time to specifically listen to music, which in this format, you know, you have to it, it's a process. You, you have to pick what you want to listen to. You o- you only have whatever your selection is to listen to. So you can't just listen to whatever you want. You can, you can listen to what you have. And then you have to, you know, you have to take it out. You have to load it up. You have to, you know, power everything on. And then you're, you're doing this with the, you know, with the purpose of like, I want to listen to this. Now, uh, the cool thing about vinyl is versus versus a digital medium is you you've got a higher like you've got a wider frequency range so you you know it sounds better um and better is a relative term but i mean like you can you can hear more um you know a lot of a lot of people that listen to it a lot um especially a a lot of stuff that was you know like recorded to tape in the recording studio you know, it, it, you hear things like you can hear like you can hear the room. And, and that's like <laughs> I know, I, like, <laughs> sorry, I'm like I'm like stumbling over my words. But you you mentioned, you were like the 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 hipstery a- aspect of it is like it, it, it is. I can I can kind of I, I get where you're coming from on that. But I think like I've like really like sat down and like listened to some records and was just like being able to hear more stuff is twofold in that like you can literally hear more stuff but then also like you're hearing more stuff because you're specifically listening and you're you're actively listening yeah it's not it it's not a passive listening like like, you know, like when you throw it on spotify like i recently listened to abbey road on my oh, yeah. my dad's record, original pressing of Abbey Road, and then I, I literally I I sat up here in, in the attic. I listened to the record, and then I listened to it on Spotify. It, it it's night and day difference. 
Yeah. It is a uh, night I, I have, difference. I have an original copy of Abbey Road. It's fucking great. It's, yeah. No, it, I mean, and like, so good. like but what you're saying, I completely agree with. There is like, it's, it, it's intentional listening, listening. It's, you, you can't like skip. I mean, you can, but it, uh, it, you physically have to go up to the needle and, which every time I, I did that was a kid, my parents were like, what are you doing? You're going to scratch your records. Um, <laughs> but no, like it, it's, it's an intentional thing. And that's why I, I definitely, I like records. I think records, I will, I mean, I don't know if I, there are definitely some new records I want to get. I definitely like the fact that I have records from both my parents. Um, it's something that like, what I want to do is I want to end up um, keeping a lot of them, but like the, with the covers, I want to like get old new, like covers I can replace. Cause I want to put the actual covers in uh, picture frames in my attic. Especially like some of the like you know like the Abbey Roads and like some of the the ones that really mean to, a lot to me. So I support that. So what we're gonna do today is we're we are have picked songs. We have picked four songs each from records that we physically own. We own these physical pieces of media. Which physical media? I tell you what. When it comes to both records, DVDs or Blu-rays, video games. Like I own, like I just bought the new Spider-Man on digital digital media. I'm buying um, the Scott Pilgrim game on digital media because that fucking thing went away and I had to wait and cry <laughs> about it. So I'm like, I'm buying it. The second I saw like limited run games was putting out, it's like, I'm, I'll buy it for all the systems I have. I've got to switch up Xbox and a PlayStation. Super tempted to buy it for all three, but I'm, I just picked one, uh, the Xbox. But we are going to pick a song from four songs from records we own. So I'm the, I'm going to do the first one to you, sir. So what is your first pick of a record of a song from record that you own? Okay. So my, my first pick was the very first record that I ever bought. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite albums. And when, you know, when I made this decision, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to start collecting records. I was like, this is the, this is the first album that I need to buy. Uh, it's like I have to have this in my collection. Um, now, at this, you know, at this point, um, it was probably around 2006, seven around there when I when I bought this album. This album came out in 1999. So and I, and then on top of that, you know, it's. Uh, well, I wish I'll say it. the the album is uh, by Piebald and it's called if it weren't for Venetian blinds, it would be curtains for us all. Uh, finding finding something that I would say is not like super mainstream and, you know, has now like at, at that point been out of print for like 10 years. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think I found it on eBay and it probably cost me 50 bucks. Um, but the, uh, the album, the album looks cool. It's all blue. The vinyl is nice, beautiful, dark blue vinyl. And, uh, first track on the album, uh, Grace Kelly with wings. Just a very pivotal album in my upcoming, uh, or like in my, in my, uh, in my journey of, you know, figuring out who, who I was as a, as a person, because I was like 14 when that album came out. So it was like right in that sweet spot of like my formative years. And it's still one of my favorite albums to this day. So yeah, first song on the album, Grace Kelly with wings by Piebald. Here we go. And 
that's more than a dress It's a Grace Kelly movie You can see my benefit actually not super familiar with piebald i mean i know i'm familiar with them as a, an artist but not like a lot of their music um i really like that i really like that i purposely and, didn't want to listen to a lot of rippers like that on there nice i i, I purposely don't like to listen to the songs that people bring up because i want to hear them and get my kind of in the moment reaction i really like that a lot like i love i love this voice and then the harmony and like the, the instrumentation that's really awesome i like that I uh, I really like the uh, mixtape session that you did uh, with with Wes because it made me realize like uh, like uh, Wes and I like a lot of the same music, <laughs> which is Wes so is like, like oh he, was like oh sweet god because he I think one of the like one of the first or second he uh, Texas Texas is the reason was the one that, that he he uh, that he was like that's like his favorite fucking band like they only released that one album. I was like, man, like that album like came out right in this window of like all these other like pivotal like it's like one of the pivotal fucking emo albums like in in the 90s. Uh, I've, I've been I've been spinning that record a little bit lately. Like nice. I was like, I need I need to give it its proper shrift. Shout out to Wes, who's listening on this early Friday morning because he always does. Love him. Love you. Love you, Wes. Uh, so, yeah, I really like that. Uh, so my first song. I was, it's funny enough, it just got added because, again, I was going through my mom's records she gave me, and I found this record. And so I actually got feedback from someone who I got, who got immediately blocked because they were an asshole. They said, you talk (laughs) about your dad a lot. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. Like, he died, and it's been less than six months. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Fucking asshole. Yeah. I don't like, but so. The memories I have of the center family, when it's my mom, my dad, my sister, and I, are not many, because I was super young. My parents got divorced when I was like three or four years old. But one of the strongest memories I have was watching the movie La Bamba and listening to the record. And there's a memory I have of when we lived together before my parents got divorced, mom, myself, and I, or mom, myself, and I, mom, my sister, and I, standing on the couch we all had brooms and we were singing the songs from this, from the La Bamba soundtrack. 
And it is like one of those, just I remember it very vividly and I was very, very young. So um, the first song I have is La Bamba by Los Lobos on uh, this uh, on the La, ba- La Bamba soundtrack. We just passed a couple days ago uh, the 62nd anniversary of the day the music died when Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, and Richie Valens uh, died in a plane accident in Iowa. And the movie movie was really intense for like a two year or three year old to be watching. I, I as I watched it recently, like this is really not okay. Um, but I lo- I absolutely love this song. I love Los Lobos. Um, but this song to me, like just seeing this record, like I saw it maybe like I saw about five minutes before the podcast was supposed to start, but then my computer decided to go AWOL on me. So and I, I, I immediately teared up because of seeing this album and like having knowing that it's not just this album he's lost I me mean, this actual physical piece of, you know, this is the record we played. And so uh, the first song I'm going to play from my side of things is Los Lobos La Bamba. on Twitter this week when I, I did my I put out a playlist um, which you can still find of um, all the musicians from the day the music died Richie Valens had such an impact on music he was the first big mainstream pop musician of Latino descent and he had a hit song that was completely in Spanish and that was unheard of at the time and like there would be no uh, you know Shakira Bad Bunny Ricky Martin, Mark Anthony, like none of the like Latin stars oh, that have been yeah. famous, you know, would would have been there without Ricky, you know, without Richie Valens. And it just, yeah, like I, I love it. I, I that whole album is great. It's just a it's a great soundtrack. Uh, so and the fact that I own that, like I was gonna end up buying it anyway, but the fact that I have that specific record, ah, that makes me a very happy boy. I. <laughs> <laughs> to uh to turn those frowns upside down every time i think about the big bopper i i think about uh the movie walk hard <laughs> oh <hell. laughs> like, specifically because he's like he's like up on the stage like doing his like hello baby and then like john riley is uh talking to fucking frankie muniz play <laughs> playing fucking buddy holly <laughs> it's just, oh, i fucking love that movie it's it's so it's so silly it's weird that we we so we got a richie valens movie 
We got a Buddy Holly movie with Gary Busey, which is still mind-blowing. Never got a Big Bopper movie. Yeah, poor uh, J.P. Richardson. <laughs> no, no one, no one. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, the day the music died. Richie Valen, Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper. <laughs> like, and he's just forever immortalized as the Big Bopper. Poor, poor guy. Oh, yeah. Like trying to name the uh, third person who was on the moon on the on the first moon mission. You can't do it. No, I, I Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong. You could tell me it was Pete Best and I would believe you. Like, I don't I don't know. That's a deep joke, kids. That's a deep joke that not a lot of people are going to get. But I don't care. <laughs> Start your own radio show if you want to do your own deep cuts. Hell yeah. All right, sir. What is your number two selection? Okay, so uh, number two is from a band called Counterfeit. And they're from California. This album came uh, came out in 2000, 2001. Uh, this was the, the second album that I ever bought. And this, uh, this is an album that still regularly that is still in regular rotation for me. Um, and so the interesting thing with this album is when, when they, when they released, when they released the album, the, they were, they were in a rush to, to get it onto CD because they were about to go on tour. So it was, uh, it was put out hastily and the track listing on the CD is not really reflective of how they wanted the actual track listing to go. So when they got back around to putting the vinyl out, they're like, well, let's rectify that. And, uh, they have just a nice thing in the liner notes, you know, explaining exactly what that situation is. So on the, on the vinyl, the track listing is in a different order. And, it was jarring to me at first, having spent just so, so much time listening to it in a certain order. And then when, you know, when the age of having having this stuff on like digitally and you could make like playlists and stuff, the first thing I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a playlist like the vinyl playlist and really just absorb it in in the order that they want it it's way better it's way better in that order like it's it, it's strange it's 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 all the same songs but it's like it's a different it's a different experience it un, it unfolds a little bit differently and like i really i really think that uh the art of actually creating an album in terms of like people write a bunch of songs you throw it onto whatever and it's like okay i release a new album but like an album album like a good album where you listen to it front to back every single time without fail it's good and listenable all the way through by design and i feel like some bands don't really understand the art of like actually creating an album that flows all the way through but uh, anyway, the song's called Sleepwalk. It's uh, I 
a, a song on there that I was like, you know what? This song really, really grew on me to the point that I was like, you know what? This is my favorite song in the album. And I, I think my favorite song on the album was like every song at, at some point, but like this really settled into like, man, this is like right where the album just gets like right into its fucking groove. Nice. Here we go. So I, I'm again, I've heard of this band, not heard this song. So here we go. Here's counterfeit with some sleepwalk. off as a compliment but i think like that is a perfect song to me like of an album that i would listen to front and back like to me that's a song that has that feeling of like there are songs before and after that i, I would really enjoy and i don't know just like about that like i can see myself like just sitting you know in a up in my attic I'm like, you know, having a beer or a drink and just kind of like listening to like kind of zoning out his thinking and having that on like that's i, I, I really like that Really, really like that. It's got a uh, funny, funny thing about that album because it is—it is one of my, you know, it was one of my favorite albums, uh, and it was the, like the, the very second thing that I bought. It's also like the uh, second to last thing that I bought <laughs> because, um, so the the guys who some of the guys who are in that band also like three quarters of that band are lefties, and really? two of them are. Tw- and two of them are twin brothers. I just I always like when there's lefties in bands because it's like they they do things all backwards. Um, so the, those guys are in a band now called Hell and Earth Band, and uh, the label that they're on, um, you know that that sells Hell and Earth, or Hell and Earth Band's records. They uh, recently moved their their facilities and so they had like a clearance sale and you know they're still sitting on a couple hundred of those you know counterfeit records and they you know they they were like selling them for like super inexpensive i think they were just selling them for like eight bucks or something like that and um i don't usually dig on buying multiple copies of the same album for for color variants but i was like 
well, there's only I was like, it's only eight bucks. And they have, you know, both of the, both of the colors. And I had the red one. So I bought a clear one. And then I bought a second one because I was uh, going to uh, Ohio to visit my buddy Tyler. And I was like, he he just started his own vinyl collection. And I was like, oh, br- bring him a gift. I was like, here's my this is one of my favorite albums. You know, so gave gave that to him. Funny thing, uh, they were moving to California from Ohio. I literally sent it all the way to Florida and then brought it back to fucking Ohio. And if I had known that, I would have been like, I, can I have your address? <laughs> just it'll just go right to you instead of going through this rigmarole of like bringing it back, bringing it down, and sending it back. And it saw a lot of mileage that that record there. Yeah, it did. Nice. No. But they were saying that, you know, the records, you know, it, it, they've been sitting in boxes for 20 years. So, you know, they are going to be in the condition that they're in. I mean, which they were in, you know, fine condition. They've just been sitting on a shelf for a long time. Nice. No, I like that. I'm definitely going to have to revisit that entire album because that is, I enjoy that. Uh, so now go ahead. I've, uh, got a, I've got a Spotify playlist that has everything in the vinyl or I'll send you a link to it so you can listen to it in, oh. in the intended fashion. Oh, there we go. That's actually, yes, please do that. That, that I would like that. Uh, so my next pick, so again, like the other three are going to be from my, my, my dad's collection. Uh, that's where I'm fucking talking about my dad again. Um, <laughs> One star. I'm surprised I haven't gotten that. Um, so I was going through the records and I found my dad had a bunch of Grateful Dead stuff, unsurprised. But one of the Grateful uh, Grateful Dead albums that he had, I was super, super pumped on. It was um, Skull and Roses Live. It is a double album, and it is one of, like, I mean, they had so many live albums, so many live recordings, but this is one of the the seminal ones. And I was super happy that I had this. It's still in great shape. And uh, the the Grateful Dead, uh, my buddy, um, one of my really good friends, Dan, other Dan, um, he was a, um, he was a big, um, he's a big musician. Actually, he's moving back to, he's been in California for a while and I was moving back to Michigan and I'm super pumped on that. Got me more into the Grateful Dead cause I had a tangential relationship with them growing up. And, uh, I just, I really love this entire album. And one of the songs, <laughs> one of the songs I, I gravitated towards when I was first starting getting into them because it was named after, well, like I thought it was named after a wrestler I really liked. So uh, here is a big boss man live from the <laughs> Fillmore East off of uh, Roses and Skulls with uh, the Grateful Dead. <laughs>
So uh, recently, I may have traveled back to my uh, where I grew up in Michigan because allegedly, and these are all allegedly stories, allegedly, uh, I may have purchased narcotics of the weed type, allegedly, uh, allegedly, and allegedly I might be listening to this entire album this weekend on those things that come in gummy form because I am clearly (laughs) the most basic of human beings who plans on getting high listening to the Grateful Dead. Allegedly. Allegedly. Like it, it's, it's not, it's not just the Grateful Dead. Like you, I love listening to to vinyl when I'm fucking stoned. Like it's, Oh boy. Like if you, if you think you like already like hear stuff that you don't normally hear, like when you're high dude, it's the, Oh God. Like if, even if you get to fucking strap on a set of headphones and just sit there and be high and just fucking listen to it and just close your eyes. Like, Hmm, it's a, actually I do have some, I just, I do have these really nice headphones. So it's, it's a a fucking transcendent experience, man. I, I recommend it for sure. Again, and this is all allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully the new administration will make it so I don't have to say allegedly. Yeah. I, I, and of course, hypothetically, it is allegedly a transcendent experience. So, so I've heard. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> My wife's a lawyer. I'm fine, but still. Allegedly. <laughs> What is your third song, good sir? Okay, uh, third third song here. So, in 2017, Bonesaw and I had a little getaway weekend to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, there was the a music ATL? festival. Sorry, Did the ATL piece yeah, up, A Town yeah, Down. <laughs> so. We we went there for this uh, music festival. It's called Wrecking Ball, and there were there were a lot of a lot of good bands there, and there there were there were so many good bands. Uh, I saw Piebald that weekend. I saw Piebald twice that weekend, um, and with with all the good bands that there were i was like you know what i wonder if there's a spotify playlist of all of the bands that are on here so i can maybe check out some bands that i don't know that might be worth investigating and so i i there was a there was a playlist and i started going through and i found a guy called jeff rosenstock and w- for for a song that I was sort of like, oh, this song's not bad. If I wouldn't have imagined how far this would have ran away with me with with liking Jeff Rosenstock. Um, he so uh, Jeff Rosenstock was was at that thing. Um, he was actually uh, playing during, <laughs> and this is you know this is a. Uh, 
high school in 2000s, so uh, it had to go this way. But uh, he was playing at the same time as Thursday. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, I can't I can't miss Thursday. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, well, you know, that that would have been nice. But uh, there were there were after party shows um, on on the after the first night of the uh, thing uh, on on the first the first night of the of the festival, and Piebald was headlining one of those. So I was like, oh yeah, I got to see that. And it was gonna be uh, Piebald and Knapsack, and uh, just the singer from Modern Baseball doing an acoustic set. And I guess that guy missed his flight. So they asked Jeff Rosenstock and his and his whole band to to do the opening set there. So this is the first time I ever saw Jeff Rosenstock live. Um, I always wear earplugs when when I go to see live music because I want to be able to hear when I'm old. Um, I've had people make fun of me for doing that. Like, granted, it was, you know, some dipshit at a glass jaw show. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you're really cool, man. <laughs> like, yeah, fine. I like I'm wearing earplugs. Shut up. <laughs> um, holy fuck. Loudest band I've ever seen in my life. Jesus. Um, it was it was I mean, and wearing earplugs. I was like my ears were ringing after I took the earplugs out after they were done, I was like, holy God, like that was awesome and good, but it was fucking loud. Um, and with Jeffy Roro, this guy just fucking consumed everything that I listened to easily for, for two years solid. Uh, it was hard to pick something out of the collection for this guy because I own the majority of anything that he's put out on vinyl. And this also includes bond, the music industry, which there's a lot to, uh, to be mined from there. Also random tangent. Um, I really like harmony. Colangelo's taste in music. <laughs> I, harmony has <laughs> got a great taste in music. Now, do you follow, are you a patron uh, member of their Patreon? No, and I need to be because, because they put out a playlist. I fucking love the sense of prom. B, uh, BJ, BJ and Harmony put out a playlist every month for their Patreon uh, subscribers. Uh, this month, BJ took over, but the majority of the time, it, it's Harmony. Harmony, like she made a playlist for me when I um, in 2018 when I did my uh, progress. Uh, road trip from Chicago, like from here to Chicago, then Detroit when progress was over here from the UK. And it was fucking amazing. Like harmony has one of the best tastes in music and BJ has got a great taste in music too. Those two are fucking powerhouse, <laughs> but, but harmony is better. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. So <laughs> sorry, BJ, whom I've never met, but you know, also allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, so, so, so yes, um, with, so I decided to go with the first Jeff Rosenstock song I ever heard. Um, and it is off of the album We Cool, and it is called You in Weird Cities. All right. I'm, again, not familiar. Super excited. Let's go. Let's go. 
that a whole fucking lot yeah to always get in high that's, when no one is around oh i fucking love jeff rosen that's really fucking good i really fucking like that you have a really good taste in music you have turned me on to on two songs and music that i i very much enjoyed that that was i really enjoyed that i really really enjoyed that thank you <laughs> yeah and that that's uh he uh he he released that album Worry like not not that long after after that that music festival that we went to and it's like uh my my brother he would listen to Worry like every day for a year straight like just like it was just con and con I and and and, and as did I um Oh God. And he just, he just does stuff like he fucking <laughs> it's new new year's like two years ago. It's just like surprise. I didn't tell anyone. Here's a brand new album. Surprise album. S- didn't say anything to anyone. And I was just like, Oh, I fucking love that. And he writes the music for Craig of the Creek, which is so, so damn good. That's on the long list of shows I need to watch. I've not watched it. I'm very aware of it. I just haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's, it's, it it might be the best kid show ever made. It, it's that's, it's so fucking good. That is and that's a, that's a tall. Those are tall words, sir. Tall words. Uh, I it's okay. So, so let, let's let, let's let's talk cartoons for one second because I like I fucking love cartoons and I love cartoons that have music tied into them in a good way. Um, and so like when you th- when you think of uh. When you think of cartoons that have very, very specific, like good music, like they wouldn't be the same without the music. You know, you think like Adventure Time is one of those kind of cartoons that that's very, very much like that uh, fucking regular show. It like definitely regular show has has a very specific flavor. And yes, that's that's Mother's Bow, baby. Do doing the Lord's work. Fucking love regular show. Love me some Rigby. Love me some Rigby. Uh, I think Ham like boning. 
shows like uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Aqua Teen Hunger Force is from top to bottom. I love. I fucking love it. I mean, I love like the theme song is one of my top theme songs of all time. The music in there. M- M- MC Chris. I want candy. <laughs> Bubblegum and taffy. And when you, I don't just want candy. I need it. And when you need things, that's a responsibility. <laughs> oh, I fucking love God. that show. I'm, I'm so glad it's on uh, HBO Max. Shout out HBO Max coming through with so much good shit. Bonesaw um, was the one who put me on to Aqua Teen Hunger Force. The very first time I ever saw it was the uh, also the very first and only time I've ever gotten blackout drunk. And damn. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I remember I remember before I blacked out, we were watching Moon Nights. I, I, I fucking remember it. <laughs> Moon Nights, the Brood Witch. Oh, the Brood Witch. Fucking oh, the Brood Witch. I can watch that. I'm God. I got I'm not going to bed tonight. I'm just going to watch it. Oh, and, um, one last one last thing about cartoons before we move on, because okay. I we got we got off on a on a tangent there. Um, have you have you seen the new Ducktales? I fucking love the new Ducktales. It's the, yes, it's, 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 it's I would not say it's um, you know what it's better. It's better than the original. Uh, David Tennant as as Scrooge. Oh, it's so good. Fuck like the episode where Don Cheadle is the voice of uh, or uh, David McDonald for a little bit. <laughs> yeah so good uh, yeah that like it's it's so good like i might i you know if it's not in the top five it's top 10 for just goat goat cartoon well the like, fact that like they not only i mean they're they're spinning off they're spinning it off into uh dark wing he's getting his own show they've referenced the motherfucking gummy bears Oh yeah, it's it's like uh, they reference and like they 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 talk about tailspin, like bring them all back. Give me tailspin. Give me fucking rescue rangers. Oh yeah, fucking so I throw throw bonkers in there if we're if we're getting bonkers. I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure they they reference bonkers like that. Yeah, they do. The show if you uh, grew up during the Disney afternoon, that show pays off in spades. It's so great. Yes, it does. It's oh, I love it. I gotta go watch that again. I'll tell you what, I'm not gonna have any time. And also, like I didn't even I didn't reference to go back to wrestling for a minute. That the new Roku deal for New Japan Pro Wrestling, they're finally getting a goddamn app to watch yeah. their shit so you don't oh but that's a whole other tangent the joy of cooking <laughs> the joy of cooking is a band that i don't quite understand um i could have done research for the podcast but that's not that's not the level of lackadaisical dumbassery that you've all come to appreciate about this podcast i just know that my dad really liked the joy of cooking um I always thought he was listening to cookbooks when he said, I'm going to listen to the joy of cooking. He wasn't. Uh, it's a band that uh, had a couple of albums. This is off their, uh, their first album. And it's just like, I, I like the song, but again, like it's one of those things where like, I, I listened to this album a couple times now, both on Spotify and the, the vinyl. And I just like it. It's it, again, it's probably a big part of it is the, uh, the, the, the to my dad but also i just like this music uh so here is a song called off the their album their first album castles it's called the bad luck blues and here is 
the joy of cooking. the joy of cooking which I, I do enjoy cooking um, mostly because it the end result is food but no I, I really like <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten into them um, you kind of reconnected because again like I always remember my dad being into the to them and I just I, I like it like it's um, again like they only have like four albums um, they're one of the, I think they were a bit of a super group being a, a, a relative term but the other members went on to other things but no the joy of cooking Actually, or just Joy of Cooking, the, the, the I add, but uh, Joy of Cooking. All right, sir, we, we, are, we are here. The last selection, the final countdown, if you will. What you got? I wonder if those guys were ever like, it's just Joy of Cooking. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm a thousand percent sure because like, I Google the Joy of Cooking and it's like, do you mean Joy of Cooking? Because I throw the thought on a lot of things. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I was in a band called Farewell Verona and uh, just the the ways that they'd figure out how directly on marquees was just uh, uh, Farewell Vernon was one. Um, I think uh, Farewell Vernoa was probably my favorite one. Farewell Vernoa. That's that's sh- I mean, I don't want to tell you how to run your business, but that should have been the name of the band from there on. That's I I mean uh that should be the name of a business. That sounds like the name of a banking consortium. Farwell for Noah. <laughs> I don't fucking know. We here at Farwell for Noah think that you should invest your money with us. <laughs> Fuck Robin Hood. <laughs> Come to Farwell for Noah. <laughs> oh jeez. Well, all right. We're 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 at the end. And I figured uh at at the end of my picks would be the last record that I purchased, um, which technically isn't the last record I purchased. It's the last record that I uh, purchased and then actually received. It's probably about three or four albums back. Um, for one thing, uh, 
Take This to Heart Records, who uh, also puts out the those fantastic Sonderbombs albums. Love them, love they, them. They uh, dropped a repress of this uh, – uh, uh, the band's called Boys Night Out. And uh, it was their album Trainwreck. And that's like that's like a I need to have this album thing. And I forgot about it today and it sold out. And that really, really ticked me off. <laughs> so it's a uh, and I and I find I, I find the uh, life of wanting to buy certain records and collecting things can can end up happening like that. Um, I there's there's a handful of records in the collection that were kind of a pain in the ass to get a hold of. Um, I I digress. But it feels good, um, like when you when you when you collect things and you finally get that thing that you've been desired desiring. It feels good. I mean, that's why we do it. Like like when I you know when I finally get my hands on that Scott Pilgrim physical copy, like I'm going to feel like. <sighs> yeah, are you you're buying the record too, right? Yes. They put the soundtrack, the soundtrack on vinyl. We, we got to get that. Anamana Gucci. Fuck yes. Oh, they're so good. Yes, I, they I fucking I I I love I love that band independent of them writing all of the music for that video game. And I was like, oh cool, they wrote the music for this video game. Well, that's gonna be awesome. Then I've been I, listening I to that soundtrack that for years now. But yeah, I, I I can't wait to like oh I I can't wait to like have the music on and have the game on. And uh, <laughs> fuck yeah. Okay, so I that that was going to be the last thing that I bought. The last thing that I actually bought was uh, uh, both both of the Sonderbombs albums, but they haven't arrived yet, so I'm waiting on those. So the very last record that I got, which I purchased, and and I'm not kidding you, February twentieth, two thousand twenty. Because the uh, the pandemic, you know, affected being able to put out albums and release them in, you know, a, any sort of timely fashion. Um, but this this album, I think, came out in, I want to say, 2008. And this was a band that I randomly found on MySpace. Oh, my God. MySpace. Yeah, baby. Um so they, yeah, this, this one came out in 2008. Um, so I, I found them on MySpace, and I was like, wow, like this is one, like this is one of those bands that's very uh, technically proficient. They're called The Reign of Kindo, and this was their, this was their first full length album. They never put it out on vinyl before. Um, there was massive demand, like. Uh, all of their, you know, their more recent albums have, you know, come out, had have had vinyl releases. So it was finally everyone. They're like, all right, we'll we'll do a Kickstarter. And if we, you know, marshal up enough funds, we'll pre- we'll press this album and bing, bang, boom. And uh, the process happened and I finally got it just last week. So al- almost a year, almost a year turnaround on that. And uh, this is well. I was gonna say this is the very last song on the album, except the vinyl release has a another last song on the album. So this would be the uh, penultimate song on the vinyl version of this album, um, and it's called "Hold Out." And it takes a, it takes just a teensy bit to get going, 
But this band is a very good, uh, uh, just good, like fusion of like rock and jazz and emo. And they, and they also, they also just, uh, have a lot of auxiliary percussion. So you get some really Latin type shuffles going in there. Um, and this, might be one of the best closing songs on an album. Like if I had to pick closing songs on albums where I'm like, Oh dude, they just fucking sent that album on its way out the door. Like I, you know, like I think of like only in dreams at the, at the very end of the first Weezer album, like that, like that last song is like, okay, like the fucking blast off in the stratosphere and end the album. So good final song. Hold out reign of Kendo from rhythm chord and melody. definitely got the technical part of things that that is a band that is technically proficient is an understatement but damn that's good i like that yeah it's mm. oh, i'm just i'm just thinking about that rest of that song and also it's like uh in the exact the exact same key as a fucking you can see that the road that we're gonna and like again they kind of have like the same guitar tones like I always say what is fastball is is that band or or the song or whatever it's called you you know what I'm talking about oh yeah fastball the way hell yeah yeah that that song was on the original now that's what I call music yeah. I'd like to see. I'd like to see what else is on that. Oh, like there's a TikTok that uh, was like had like all this stuff from the the original. Now it's wild. It is wild how old that was. Fucking because I remember. I literally remember like when that came out, and that was like a huge thing. And then 
now, like I think I don't know if they still make it, but that seems kind of redundant if they do. But you know, that's them. Um, so my last song is so MTV Unplugged is one of my favorite things, and it needs to come back. Even though I don't think they've actually had music on MTV since 2010, 2009, like it's been a minute. I don't even know what's on MTV at this point, other than I know that Rob Dudek show is always fucking on whenever I scroll past, and they're still doing the real the real world road rules challenges. Now they're just calling it the challenge, but they haven't done the, they haven't done real road rules since like the 90s. Like, I don't know how these people are still functioning on this challenge. <laughs> like, I don't know where they're finding the new people. Like, I know CT is still on there, but I digress. So one of my favorite bands to do, and there are many, many, many uh, to do Unplugged, but one of my favorite bands when I was uh, in older older high school and early college was a band that was kind of ironic they were on Unplugged because they were already an Unplugged band, Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> I love Dashboard Confessional, and really that should come to the surprise of absolutely no one that I loved me some very emotional or emo music. And um, I owned the CD for for many, many years, and I wore that motherfucker out. And then they recently came out with a vinyl version of the uh, the double set, and I grabbed it with the quickness. And so, so can I, can I ask you a question? Is that your is that your uh, your favorite of like of all the unplugged sessions? Like, it, oh no, 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 it's not my favorite. Like, my favorite is, and it, it's kind of a cop out, but it it, it it is the Nirvana is my favorite, um, just because I mean, there's just so much. I, it's it's uh, it's to be fair, like that that performance is like that's you know, fucking enshrined in the annals of history at this point. Like that was like uh, an event. Well, like there was a um, historic one, one of the anniversaries of that. There was a, uh, they showed it, but before they showed it, like, like the hour before they did an hour long documentary called bear witness. And it was taught, like interviewed people that were at the show. Like, um, people were on, on the crew and audience members that were there and getting their perspective and how like the set designer, like when he's talking to Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain's like, I want this to look like a funeral. And obviously this came only a couple of months before he committed suicide. And it's just, there's so much there. And the fact that like they, they got away with like, they did, they plugged in their fucking guitars. Like they had electric and no one was going to say, no, no, Kurt Cobain, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, and just, it man, like the fact that it ends with that blind Willie Johnson song, my dear, my dear. I mean, just like the whole thing is just absolutely in amazing. Hand, in the hand, where the sun don't ever shine. Oh yeah. God. Like, yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's some good shit. <laughs> it's, it's funny because so now this, this uh, in particular episode is going to come, um, not, not, not tomorrow, but next week because next, next, uh, tomorrow's episode is in my, uh, Ode to black history month. And I'm actually playing the original blind Willie Johnson version of that song recorded, oh, um, in, uh, like 1920, if not earlier. Um, which blind Willie Johnson, and you'll hear the story, but I'll, you'll hear it again now. Uh, his mother blinded him when he was seven years old by throwing a lie in his eyes 
after she was oh. angry when her, her husband uh, cheated on her and he died absolutely penniless in uh, covered in newspapers in the shell of his burnt out house. And yet his Ugh. music lives on to this day. Uh, I can think the West one for case you need that. Uh, but then I did research and this is really good. I can't remember the uh, book I read about him, but, but uh, going back to, um, so dashboard confessional, the last song from their, uh, their unplugged is a song that has a lot of meaning to me um, as a young man who was apt to fall in love. And I found this song very romantic, but also just a, a, a great song. Um, here is Dashboard Confessionals, their song. We're going to pause for a second here. Are you okay? Okay. So here's their song, Hands Down. Here's a song about, about the best day that I've ever had. <laughs> It's just, I mean, it's so simple, but it's just so good. And then, like, again, yeah, like the only place you can really get anything like that, my, I get my fix for uh, Unplugged, is uh, NPR's Tiny Desk Concerts. Mm, um, yeah. There is a really good one. Uh, Run the Jewels did a really good one. The Avett Brothers did a really good one right when um, I Am Loving You came out. Miley Cyrus just dropped one because they're, they're doing them from their homes. Miley Cyrus, man, her last album was phenomenal. But that's another conversation for another day. So that that was uh, hands down by Dashboard Confessional. So, Daniel, this was a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. I enjoyed yeah, this. It, I, I like I like I like listening to music. It is good. Well, and and and, ta- and and talking about it, I feel I feel like I don't know shit about anything, and then I start talking, and it's like, oh, could someone stop me? You know, <laughs> you, you know, you, you know a lot of shit up. about music. You know, and like every time we talk about music, you always turn me on to music that I uh, did not know about, which I love. I absolutely love. I love knowing 
like learning about new bands and stuff. And like, I've just so you folks know, I've already got received the text message with the playlist that I requested because, uh, again, uh, my man is with the quickness over there. And so I'll be listening to that, uh, whilst I eat pizza, while I, uh, do some editing of this and cause I'm not going to be going to bed anytime soon. So, Sir, if people want to find you, let's 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 get our plugs out of the way as we uh, wander down the dusty trail. So let's let's do some plugs. All right. Do you just want me to read my whole script? Because I totally can. Oh, do it. <laughs> do it. OK, uh, if you like pro wrestling, you can uh, you can follow us on the Jabroni U Network Uh uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Ju Wrestling and on Twitter at Ju underscore Wrestling. Uh, you can find all of the uh, shows on JabroniUWrestling dot com. Um, if you want merchandise with a picture of Ben's face on it, or with a picture of my face on it, <laughs> which you can James, totally James get. really like. James really likes using our faces. Uh, you can go to a uh, JabroniU.threadless.com. And you can find merch from all all the Jabroni U shows there. And uh, yeah, that's uh, if you want to find me, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram or uh, twi- Twitter is probably where I'm spending more of my time at Eastwood Ravine. And then, you know, if you say things that I don't like, I'll be like, you're wrong. And then I won't listen to you. But if you say things that I do like, then I'll be like, I think the same things, too. I, I I will uh, make absolutely uh, no secret of the fact that I am super biased about about what I do. <laughs> so it's it's fine. You know? I mean, it's your, but, it's you know, your what space. I, what I do is good. So when you say it's bad, you're just wrong. That is that is exactly right. Like when when people say things, especially when they come onto MySpace, uh, they need to know that I'm going to tell them when they're wrong, and I don't care if they're you know factually not wrong, but I, I don't give a fuck. Because uh, you know what? This is my world. And y'all are just living in it. Alright, so I, I, I want to I say I want to say something that someone's going to be like that's not right, but I'll be like it is. Best unplugged session? <laughs> fucking Jay-Z. Come at me. Jay-Z <laughs> is so good. Fucking good. Jay-Z is good. Another one that gets slept on? LL Cool J. Oh, I bet that's fucking great. It is real good. His uh, the acoustic version of "Mama Said Knock You Out" goes hard, goes real hard. <laughs> I, fuck, I love that. And then also Tiny Desks. Did you ever watch T Pain's Tiny Desk? Yes, T Pain's amazing. Oh my god, it's fucking amazing. It's it's absolutely incredible. Like anyone that was like uh, T Pain Auto Tune, like blah blah blah, that dude can fucking sing better than anyone on the planet. Like he's so T-Pain's good. Amazing. T-Pain. Like, he fucking destroys that tiny desk. Like you don't believe me. You, you will after you go listen to it. It's fucking phenomenal. It's the only way to describe it. It's absolutely incredible. Agreed. So if you want to listen, to, if you want to follow this podcast on any social media, we're at Biff radio on Twitter which is, uh, so I've toyed with the idea of getting my own uh, Twitter. I used to have a Twitter. It used to be called Center Club. It got suspended because they called the racist a racist, and uh, Twitter decided to never listen to my appeal. So I've just been using my uh, my podcast Twitter, 
it's just like a not a great idea, but whatever. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Biff Radio One. Please go to jabroniu.com. Please follow all the podcasts on the network. Please follow New Jabroni Pro Wrestling. Why do we ever meet? The Draft Pod, Flow and Tell, Locals Barbershop, Friends of the Podcast. This ends at prom with BJ and Harmony Colangio. Uh, they just moved to California and they're amazing, and I miss them already. You know become part of their Patreon. They put out great music on uh, playlists and they're just absolutely fantastic. Also a big shout out to Marty and Sarah. Again, we're tangentially friends, but I, I love them to death. And they're, uh, they also release on Fridays and I always listen to their podcast before I listen to my podcast. Cause it's great. And uh, so thank you, Mr. Daniel for being on the, on the podcast. Thank you for, for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> friend. Uh, but no, honestly, like you are uh, a good dude that I wish we, we lived closer because I think we would hang out and have lots of fun. Um, and I'll say that on the podcast because that's on God, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll be keeping my eyes peeled for you on Twitter at, at Center Club with a three. <laughs> oh, that, don't give me ideas. <laughs> um, we're actually going to leave on a one of my newest. It just got here a couple days ago. One of my newest acquisitions is by one of the greatest rappers to ever live. His name is Kendrick Lamar. Oh, baby. And we're going to go ahead and uh, fade out to this song because you know what? I'm going to be all right. All's my life I has to fight, nigga. All's my life, ah. Hard times like yeah. Bad trips like yeah. Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie. You fucked up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I'll be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. Now tell my mama I love her, but this is what I like. Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I know it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I'm going great. Trying to side my face this all day. Won't you please believe when I say? When you know we've been hurt, been down before. Nigga, when our pride was low. Looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate poor, poor. Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door. My knees getting weak and my gun might blow. But we gon' be alright. Right. Nigga, we gon' be alright. 